This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I am back and bigger and better than ever, people. I got my new computer here. Everything's just so great right now. I mean, I'm very grateful for a lot of reasons because let me tell you, this has been a whirlwind of a week leading up to me coming back on the show. Getting, I, I learned a lot this week in terms of just what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the computer world, Bitcoin, everything. Because upon trying to get a new build for my computer, which I thank goodness I got right here, I learned about the 30s, 70s, 60s, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, graphics cards. I did not know. I, I will admit, I did not know that graphics cards was such a huge commodity right now because I'm not a PC gamer. I'm not a Bitcoin miner. So I, you know, far be it from me. I'm, I'm a graphic designer. This is all I do with the computers. I don't do anything outside of content creation, you know, and, and, and graphic design for clients and all this stuff. So I didn't know that this was going on. And lo and behold, I got a crash course thanks to the great people at Micro Center and a couple of great guys that I had the chance of meeting um, the day that I stood out and camped out from 2 a.m. in the morning till 10 a.m. Yes. For those of you who you know might not understand this, um, the graphics card situation is a huge deal. And what happened with this is because they are so high demand, but so low to uh, supply, people are camping out in, in various stores, in particular, Micro Center. And for those of you who, you know, do their own builds and, and get their computer parts, you know this place. This is a candy store for techies. Uh, 
And it is an awesome place. It's where I got all my builds at. It's where my, my late friend Chris and I, you know, uh, put together the last one. And now this one as well. But this was put together by people at Micro Center now um, who did a great job. Not only did a great job with it, you know, helped me out big time. Shout out to uh, Blondie, who's like a seasoned veteran in that store. And she took me through everything. She taught me everything uh, in terms of Bitcoin and why these things are not there. Because, you know, five years ago, five years ago, I went into this. You know, we went into the store. We got everything we needed. There was no problem. There was no such thing as Bitcoin or any, any or or it, not only that, but PC building wasn't a big thing. Like only a few people were building their computers customly, where everybody else was getting the Alienware's and all the stuff. Now these kids are smart, have smartened up, and <laughs> they have now invested hugely. Rather, it's from PC gaming to Bitcoin mining, which. I found out how big of a deal that is and how the 3070s, 3080s or 3090 graphics cards play into this. And it's an amazing thing. Um, shout out to the Reddit group Discord, who actually, you know, who I was hanging around with. First of all, I was hanging around with these guys. They were very nice. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, the night, like again, I in order for me to get this card or have a chance of getting this card, it was no guarantees. But in order to even try to have a chance to get this card, I have to be there, dropped it early, and the earliest I got there was at two a.m. in the morning, um, at two thirty at best, and there were already like seven people there. I was number eight, but these were some of the nicest guys. Um, they they literally camped out there. They had you know. Um, soccer chairs and all that stuff there they had blankets some of the some of the guys that i was with actually were there since seven o'clock seven o'clock p.m prior to that's how hardcore these guys are you know and they're coming some of them are sellers some of them are you know for are doing it for bitcoin creating bitcoin builds um Others like me was just there to get a graphics card so I could do with all this stuff that I'm doing right now. I had no clue about this stuff. But I tell you this, um, I will never do that again. Not because it wasn't safe, because it was two o'clock in the morning. It was 30 degrees out there. This is as close to the polar bear plunge as I'm ever going to get here, people. So but not to, to that to that sense. I, I want to thank the, the Discord guys. They were just so awesome. This is, For those who don't know, Discord is a group on Reddit who look out for each other in a sense of trying to make sure that they get these graphics cards when they come out. And sometimes it, every day is random. You never know how many they're going to, they're going to be able to get in inventory. Sometimes it'd be 10, um, 10 cards or items and you don't know which one it is, or it could be like up to 20, sometimes or 30. It, you never know, but they keep track of it. The managers all you know, try to help out, let them know what's, what's up and up and up. You know, there's other possibilities. And if it's big, if there's going to be a lot in stock and a day is not bad, they're going to be camping out. There's going to be a lot of people camping out and there's always going to be some late bloomers there. Um, if not, they tend to stay in. So um, it, it was just a wild experience. But I thank them because they, you know, I, I wasn't for part of the discord crew. I was just a guy there. So they were, you know, they were very nice. Not only were they nice, they gave me they they friendly looked out for me, man. They We looked out for each other and take note. This is the first time I've ever been socially around anybody this entire time during COVID. And why I wasn't worried about that 
was because during the same day that I was camping out at two in the morning till 10 was also the same day that I was getting my first vaccination. So I didn't really care too much. And everybody was somewhat, you know, socially safe and distance to an extent. So it was, um, it, people were cool. People were cool with it. Nobody was breathing down there. Everybody's necks or whatever. Um, at least four to six feet at best, but it was just really I had a great time. We I brought my iPad with me and, and some things to do. I never used my iPad. I never ate the food that I had because they gave me a chair to sit in throughout the whole entire time. They had an extra chair. They gave me a blank. One of the guys, you know, looked out for me and gave me a blanket while they slept in the car for, for a bit. We all looked out for each other's space and, and, and you know, areas. Um, and they even went as far as like I got breakfast. I got Wawa breakfast. You know, I did. I, it was it was just such an awesome awesome experience of camaraderie and i feel like if i even try to do that again one it had to be in a warmer climate two i don't think i would get that same experience again <laughs> it was so good that i feel like i don't want to do it i'd rather if i'm going to plan to get one of those really powerful graphics cars i'm going to wait at least maybe a year when economy comes back up and you know they're able to go back into factories and mass produce these things a lot better but that experience was just so special it, i felt it felt very sacred and i couldn't thank those guys enough and it was you know it was it was literally a multicultural amount of people like most of them were or um white but it was myself and then another guy you know just like i think three guys of color and we all it was it wasn't even about that they just all we all looked out we all looked out we it was more like a like a men's retreat <laughs> <laughs> in some cases but because some of us are married and some of us had girlfriends and all this stuff and we were able to just open up and instantly open up we're all we're all in this you know bind right now so i so enjoyed it i thank them all you know i now granted the bad news is that i never got the car because they didn't have enough and i just didn't get it but we managed to find a graphics card that was suitable enough for me to do what i'm doing right now and to be able to play and let me tell you this new groovy build that i have because this thing now glows and it now you know has multicolors. because i think that that's a new thing i wanted to use the old case that um my late friend had but it was just you know we, we were five years far removed technology has gotten you know so much better and you know now i have a slightly smaller build but this thing and i still have the old case i got i'm, I'm gonna do something with that case and and honor and memory of him in some form or fashion uh, i was told probably a server we'll see but nonetheless this new build is so awesome and i trust me um chris would would understand because chris is a builder and he knows that eventually we couldn't be able to use this thing anymore this this old case anyway but for him i'm keeping it i'm doing something with it regardless i don't even know if it's just mounting it or whatever like that but the ct5700 case Chris Thomas is going to stay and remain as, as far as I'm concerned. But what an awesome, what an awesome trip. But not only that, there's some even bigger news that I have. And I'm, I'm not even going to waste time talking about that here. I'm going to go directly over to the next segment, because in this episode, we're going to be focusing on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the debut episode and Justice League, the Snyder Cut. We finally get a chance to see this movie and did it live up to the hype? We're going to talk about all oh, that. We got so much to talk about there. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. 
right, folks. So let's get this out of the way because this is very huge news that I got to announce right now. And I couldn't be any happier. This is this has been a whirlwind of a week. Uh, and, you know, just adding on to the fact that I got vaccinated this week, my first one. Uh, so I'm, I'm very can't tell you how satisfied I am with that um, and happy and relieved. But also, you know, the polar bear plunge uh, deal that I had. I'm calling it the polar bear plunge because it was 30 degrees. Darn it. So I had to, you know, work with that at Micro Center and I had the experience and, you know, really fun experience with that. But the, I guess the proverbial cherry on the top will come in the form of an email that I received this week from the good people at Repop. If you guys remember, I work with them in 2000, actually dating back to 2018, I've worked with them, you know, working, doing some media events, you know, actually uh, working and liaisoning, you know, some guests for them at that year. And that's how we really started kicking off with things uh, with that, because, of you know, people that I know that were able to help with that, with the first uh, Keystone event. And then the second year came and it got bigger because then I was offered a opportunity to host two live panels, which I never done before at the time. And that was the art of Street Fighter panel with Longvo and Champa. And then also the voices of Overwatch with Fred Tatashura and Charlotte Chung. And it was an amazing, amazing experience, especially the Overwatch panel, which had like over 300, about roughly about 300 people in there. It was a huge crowd. And, and by the way, if you're listening from the ACMG Facebook group right now, You've probably seen the video announcement of this. So uh, if you if you're in the ACMG Facebook group, you can listen here, but you can also check out the uh, the video that I put together uh, explaining this. But of course, COVID hit. COVID hit hard. Um, we were scheduled to do 2020 Keystone Comic Con. I met with them in person, all of them, the, you know, the staff behind our um, convention here in Philly. And then COVID happened and everything got shut down and Repop you know, adapted. They transitioned to what is called the metaverse, which was a series of uh, Q A's and panels and whatnot, and 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 you know, just a whole bunch of fun things with some people in the in the world of our favorite fandoms. So I get an email, you know, from uh, one of the people that I've worked with before, and thank goodness that you know they're still around and they're still kicking you know and it looks like things are starting to liven up again with repop so that's awesome but he gave me an offer i just could not refuse and i wondered what i was going to do to top what i did last year uh which last year was a record-setting amount of guests that i had on the show well looks like i did top it this year because i am now i can announce that i am now contracted to host four panels for Repop's Metaverse under the Repop banner and a series of anime themed panels. Two of which is based on a legendary franchise. I am going to be covering Pokemon. That's the first announcement. Not only am I going to do that, we're going to have a, one is going to be a trivia show and the other one is just celebrating the 25 year anniversary of this huge successful franchise. And I'm not coming alone. This franchise is going to be accompanying me with Veronica Taylor, Rachel Lillis, and Eric Stewart, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, Misty, and Brock. The Like, literally, the trifecta of the uh, franchise is going to be the first 
uh, Pokemon Masters are going to be with me, and I'm doing a trivia show with them, and I'm also, I believe, I'm going to be doing a Q&A with them as well. So that's going to be awesome. The second one is going to be one of my favorite people ever, and she just happened to be the Hokage, and that is, yes, uh, the Naruto cast. Molly Flanagan is coming back. I'm working with her once again, and we're going to be doing a, a fan trivia show and i this is going to be interesting because i've never done this before not only that i won't have to work um work on production anymore i've been doing production of my show for quite some time it's going to feel weird to have somebody else do all of this but it's also going to be a relief i feel like i'm going to require to do something but all i got to do is just entertain and have fun and i couldn't i love it i just love it but along with molly flanagan i'm also going to have Sasuke Uchiha returning, aka Yuri Lonthal, aka Spider-Man. So he's coming back on the show. Remember, um, I had the had the cast last year uh, during the uh, DreamCon event, and I had the cast of Naruto that I was hosting for that and moderating for that as well. But this is a first. The third guest of that show will be none other than Kate Higgins, a.k.a. Sakura. I've never had them before and didn't have all of them at once. Now, I've had Baruto and Naruto together for the first time on the show once, but now I'm going to be able to host this event and be able to talk with Kate Higgins, and we're all going to have fun doing a a, uh, trivia show, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I am going to enjoy that one, and I'm going to be educated as well because I think I... I, I think I've lasted up to the great the great ninja war and I after that I haven't messed with the Madara series outside of the game so I am very familiar with everything up to that point so like we're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what questions we come up with that but that's gonna be a lot of fun um and that I believe may be a live taping so I'm look, very much looking forward to that um as well so both trivia shows should be live so I I I am I'm excited for that but to end it all i got another panel that's going to be happening very soon and this is probably going to be the first uh, one to happen but i'm extremely excited for this one because this one i've been eyeing for quite some time i can announce that i will be hosting the q a featuring the cast of my hero academia the english dub cast for those who are in the uh who's who's not in um in the states that is Justin Brenner, Clifford Chapin, Monica Real, who many of you know as uh, Bulma from the Dragon Ball series, uh, David Matrana, and Lucy Christian, who, I mean, this is just awesome. I mean, Justin Brenner is um, Midoriya, uh, Clifton Chapin is Bakugo, I believe, Monica Real is uh, Suyu Asai, and um, David Matrana is actually Todoroki, and Lucy Christian is Oh, Achako. So, um, this is just, I mean, just, I've been waiting. I love this series. I love the performances in this series. It's going to be great to be able to talk to these guys. I'm already set up. My questions is ready. And trust me, that production is happening very soon. I will let you guys know when all of this will be available because nine chances out of 10, you'll be able to see all of this on YouTube eventually. And, uh, I just, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't thank the people, the great people of Repop enough for reaching out to me because i didn't honestly i didn't know where whether i was going to be able to work with them again in some form or fashion because of covid or what's going to happen with the live appearances and live cons in 2021 and such and you know 
my people reached out and it just speaks volumes of everything that I've done. You know, it just when I got that, when I got this email, I was just I was so excited, but so emotional in the sense that I did. I, I just don't know what's going on and it, it from this situation and what's going to happen. And well, I'll be back up because I felt like a momentum, the momentum that I was getting was, just, you know, kind of pulled from under me in a sense because of COVID. But I, you know, I kept faith and 2020 was still a very successful year for this show. And now things are going to be better <laughs> at this point. Is, and not only that, I mean, don't don't forget this just popped up out of nowhere. But I still have guests that are going to be on this show as well that are being set up soon. So now it's just a matter of trying to schedule them in the midst of what's going to be, you know, the dates of what's going to happen, going to be happening here. So it's going to be a very busy few months. I can tell you that. So stay tuned for all that. It's just I'm just grateful. I am absolutely grateful for all this. And I'm telling you, people, for those of you who are wondering what you need to do to fulfill any type of goal or dream or aspiration. You like, I, all I can say is do your homework, you know, put the passion into it. Don't worry about monetary or whatever, because that'll eventually come into some form or fashion. Just have fun, just have fun with it. And just, and things will happen. People will see how much fun you have and see people will eventually see. And also I, I, I can't stress this enough. Create a great brand. Create a just a great looking brand that will attract your target your target audience. Um, rather invest in a graphic designer like myself or somebody who, who can really get you going. Uh, and I, I I can't stress this enough. Invest um, and you know just show what you got. Show your worth out there. You know it's some it doesn't happen when you when you want it to. It happens when it needs to be. And trust me when I tell you this is the right time. The fact that I have a new computer, a new Yeti X mic. If you're hearing it right now, I love this microphone. By the way, such an awesome microphone. And um, just you know, thank my family and my wife for all the support that you know, and, and more than the support that you know has been given to me in this faction. So I am ready, and I hope you are too. So let's get that going. All right, let's talk about some other news here. This is going to be a very deep, impactful episode, I'm telling you now. So let's talk Marvel Avengers on the PS5. Uh, can I tell you people that I am relieved right now, just this week, which was also something that epically came in, was that they what they did was um, they upgraded. They finally updated the entire thing to the PS5. They finally got a lot of the bugs and glitches out that they had it prior to when the first thing came out. Now, people don't get it. Crystal Dynamics should get every bit as the anger and frustration that CD Projekt Red has got with Cyberpunk. And I think the only reason why they didn't is because they didn't have a Keanu Reeves like person and that uh, they didn't have Keanu Reeves level person and that and in and, and, and the uh, in the game, they didn't have anybody that big in a game like to that caliber. But because Keanu Reeves was involved in it, I truly believe that they that they actually, um, you know, got the bigger hype. But before that, Crystal Dynamics came out with a very buggy, very unfinished, you know, product that was based around the Marvel universe. And, you know, 
it, it's one thing we the one thing that we couldn't do that people were so angry and including myself and if you followed this show you know for weeks on end since that since the debut of that you know I, I was very upset that you couldn't play the storyboat the main story campaign that is now south they have a replay campaign uh mode now and the configuration that allow you to replay that now so they have all along with the other uh expanded games that they have in there so that's still everything is a lot more stable than it was before uh it looks a lot better and i am very happy i i can finally say that i'm happy with this the, the only thing I, the only thing that i'm really kind of upset about but i'm not because this is not their fault this is just something that is being done by all the games that are being upgraded to the ps5 which by the way yakuza like a dragon i didn't realize that that was already upgraded to the ps5 the one thing and this is occurring with that too is that you can't transfer your save data from the ps4 to the ps5 i believe there uh somebody found a way on your um euro gamer or whatever like that but what i i didn't i don't for 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 avengers i don't care i i don't mind starting over again because one i i i was gonna erase my data anyway if i wasn't getting this um getting to play the replay mode because now that i'm playing it again it really tells you that the story campaign of marvel avengers is the heart of the game everything else is just extra stuff that you don't care about pretty much but there's so much that you could do on the main campaign that you can't do on the in the mission modes you know the narrative that it creates the you know the storytelling and the devil and the development it's just not there it, it's it, it's a really full game experience that um you get from there and i tell you man it, it it is just absolutely a breath of fresh air and to that i say thank you crystal dynamics for finally getting this thing up and running even though you guys should have just waited to come out with this game when it was absolutely ready um rushing it was not a deal and we now we learned that hopefully the next time around uh they won't do that with the next game that they work on but i can tell you this um they're now where it should have been at day one and it's only going to get better from this point I, I i enjoy now it's not perfect it is not perfect there are still some little buggy things minor minor buggy things that happen in this thing but there's not so far i haven't played any major glitches from that but it's on a ps5 it looks better it plays better there's no loading time like the loading is absolutely great and here's there's no loading screens it's just boom one from another they even took out the uh loading uh screen and now they use it for something else the uh the the loading um animations that they have with the heroes it's now being used for something else like they still have it but you could just click it and watch it you know at your own leisure but overall i am finally pleased with this game because now it is exactly the way it was intended to play it so i i can absolutely enjoy every bit of it now and i also like the fact that they finally announced the black panther expansion which is coming sometime in the summer and it looks awesome uh black panther looks tremendous uh i have not played the hawkeye expansion yet because i am now playing i'm replaying the campaign again to level everything up and gather it up but also to enjoy the story as it is this this game in all seriousness the game is actually really really good but i would uh, i would definitely say that taking the story and, and here's the thing they actually was not intending to bring the story mode back it was only the only reason why they actually brought it back was because fans wanted it back they want like you 
I don't understand. I, I, I really don't understand the purpose of not giving us the main story mode for us to replay it. Which really makes me think of what they were trying to do in hindsight of this. Like, because Jump Force on Bandai Namco's Jump Force, they did the same thing. And they tried to, and they, they are, we still have not been able to play the main story mode of that game, even though it's not really, it's not as polished as what they did here with Marvel Avengers, but you got some top of the line actors portraying these great roles. And it's actually a really great story. It's not good. It's a great story. So why wouldn't we want to enjoy that again? Because you want us to focus on the online aspect and the monetary aspect. And, you know, no, I just want to play the story. I want to enjoy the story. I don't want to do the multi online thing. I'm a single player. Uh, You know, I haven't been I haven't found a real good reason to play online. Like the last time I played online was when I owned the Xbox and it was some crazy racist type of atmosphere and a really toxic atmosphere there so i was like no i'm not i I can't deal with this you know except for the only time it wasn't is when i played it with somebody in the uk (laughs) oddly enough so that was that situation there and you know but it's very much more enjoyable now if you want to check it out now is the time to check it out especially if you own a ps5 i think it will do it justice this is the time that you should play it like and god again hopefully they will wait a little bit longer to come out with this um, with games now because it's well worth it. And now this is something that Square Enix can be proud of. Um, and, and credit to Crystal Dynamics for finally getting it out and pushing hard. But there's no way. And I remember watching I remember watching an actual um, one of their war tables, not the war tables, but one of the developers um, blo- uh, vlogs that they did where they were what the guy actually said you know people have been asking to bring back the story mode well we're actually coming going to bring back the story mode but we have to make sure that it's not allocating or not you know reconfiguring some things that they want they're they're planning to do meaning they don't want it to mess with their money and they had to do it in a way that it doesn't mess with their money so that is the part that got me because that was telling me that they were never intending to bring back the story mode but due to high demand Dude, we paid over a hundred bucks for this game. Why wouldn't we want to play the story mode? Why would we want to just play the mission modes after that experience and not listen to these great voice actors, you know, play these roles? I don't understand that, but it's here and it's enjoyable. It's stable <laughs> and it should only get better from here. So go at it and check it out and enjoy from there. So um, let's just flip it. Let's go from one Marvel thing to two Marvel things. Let's talk about falcon and the winter soldier okay i'm not going to be as detailed as this as i am justice league the snyder uh cut because one it's an hour compared to the four hours two minutes of that but i'll just highlight it as best i can and get it through but this first episode was fantastic if you're a fan if you're fans of the winter soldier everything that you love about winter soldier is in this game including George St. Pierre returning as the Leaper. LeBlanc is back. Everybody wanted this dude to come back. Um, If you're a mixed martial arts fan and a Marvel fan, this is like just absolute gold for you because George St. Pierre is one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Um, He is awesome, but he was fantastic playing the Leaper and fighting against Captain America. Now he is fighting against Falcon and possibly what could be the better fight scene. This, the, the first 
scene of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the first fight scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think is better than the first scene of the Winter Soldier. Uh, of the Winter Soldier, it's just phenomenal. They're up in the air, they're hijacking air, they're kidnapping this general. Falcon comes in, tries to save this general before um, they reach a border and everything. Leaper comes out of nowhere, surprise everybody, and the, the internet was going crazy uh, at his arrival. The fact that he's still alive, the fact that he's still fighting, he is awesome. He looks exactly the way he did the, uh, those years ago. Um, he's he's tougher than ever, and even better, he did not die. <laughs> he's still alive. He's still around after this really awesome chaotic you know fight with falcon as he's flying through one they're they're all gliding in in, in this in the sky and you know it's just this was just awesome this was just so awesome to see gsp is such a thing and he got some speaking roles this time it wasn't just him like fighting and kicking ass they're flying in the air using those um those flying uh squirrel type of suits and gliders or whatever and they're all having and and, and falcon has this uh situation it's was such an awesome sequence it this was high octane at his best and man this was intense but at the end of this fight he got away and i i really enjoyed this but the theme of this seems to be sam not coming to terms with him being worthy enough to helm the shield that captain america gave him at the last scene of endgame which was a lot of people's favorite um most memorable role of that so falcon decides to actually you know donate it to the smithsonian museum you know as a member as as a way of honoring steve which steve would not have approved of that but falcon seems to be the one to think that he's not worthy of it and what we got also what marvel fans was rewarded with through this was we got to see don Cheadle who made an appearance in this episode he was at the event and to see it but he looked roadie did not look any bit as happy about what sam was doing here because he wanted you know roadie wanted sam to take that shield and i think not only just because he felt that he was worthy of it but the theme of this also i think it's it, there's an underlying theme of this that i think that's going to be fleshed out throughout the entire uh series but Sam, I, I don't know if it's because of a, if it's a race situation or a cultural situation, but I know I felt like it felt like um, Rhodey really wanted him to be the one to, you know, helmet because not only because was he worthy, but he has a right to be Captain America. And I think that's going to be the underlying theme. And that was the whole theme of the that scene at the end of Endgame, too. And that's been the theme of this situation now with you know when they did make sam wilson captain american in comics there was a whole bunch of quote-unquote controversy involved with that because people uh, certain people did not agree with the idea of sam wilson taking over that shield it's always going to be the case just like now there's a new lgbtq representation of captain america and my god are people going insane dude get over it get over just do people not understand what the what america is and what it's supposed to mean when you say america it is a multicultural amount of people 
that has the right to be whatever they want. That is the point of this country. That is, that is the main factor of this country. America means multicultural means of being whoever you want. That is my definition of it. And that's the way it was intended. But the minute that somebody tries to take over something that was once helmed by a white or Caucasian character or person, it's like full ownership. It's no, 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 no fill in the blank allowed. And that's just ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. So I fully I fully support the new Captain America that they're making right now, this LGBTQ one. I also accept Sam Wilson. It doesn't matter what you are. It's America. <laughs> America doesn't mean Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is not Captain America in a sense. Steve Rogers took the helm of the title of Captain America. He is not, in fact, he embodies that America. Sam Wilson embodies America. This new guy embodies America. American Chavez embodies America. Okay, like you, y'all, people got to get over it. You can't say America, but be one dimensional minded and one sided in here. But I digress. Let's get back to the swing of things. So he basically. You know, he basically decided to give it back. And then uh, Rhodey and Sam had this conversation and, you know, it just went on from there. He, he just felt like he just couldn't do it. And this is not the end of this discussion. So there's also a new threat out there. This new faction or, you know, group that is out there. This new militia group, that, that secret organization um, there in this, you know, third world country and Sam is with this new character in here who um, I guess this is kind of his, pretty much a sidekick. He's kind of his Bucky in this case. And so he's out there. The part of this is them looking out for this new group that is happening right now and um, which is leading into some bigger things. And this is what you've seen in the commercial where you saw the female in the mask that had the hand on it. And she apparently may have uh, super uh, superhuman abilities. There's another guy in here that has superhuman abilities because, you know, his sidekick that is tracking this down. And let me get let me get the names of these people in here while I'm doing this. Um, while he's trying to track them down, he's, infiltr you know, he's infiltrating this and in tracking them to find out whether, you know, what's going on, who's a part of this, who's heading this and leading this. And he found out the bad way who was taking charge of this and who was leading this because he got his ass handed to him. Okay, so that's that situation right there. Then we got also Bucky who has his own situation. He's still having nightmares after all of what's going on. And um, it's it, it's really a sad and tragic. He has this dream that is coming up out of nowhere and of him, you know, in winter soldier mode, he's in sleeper cell mode and he's taking out his target. And then unfortunately somebody else, an innocent bystander just happened to witness the situation. The dude was so scared that he had a hard time trying to open the door, close the door and Bucky or winter soldier, Bucky in winter soldier mode and winded up, uh, you know, taking him out. He, he, he ended him. He pretty much ended him at this at this point, and it was this is unfortunate. Bucky, in the meantime, doesn't have too many friends. He doesn't hang around too many people. He's in therapy, trying to figure this all out. That was a really funny moment that they had in there because him and the therapist were basically uh, 
you know, trying to get, he was trying to get out of him what he was going, what was going through his mind. Did he have nightmares again? Bucky refused to talk, so she wanted to write it down in a pad. He was annoyed that she wanted to write it down in a pad. And it, it became a really funny thing, but she did uh, manage to get it out of him. And he, he told about this story of how he was going to, um, how he was pretty much, at, what was he trying to do? He was he was telling her how he was trying to make amends. Now, if you know about like any anonymous uh, type of deals or stuff like that, or like if you watch moms and they do their 12 step program or whatever, you know that part of the deals, you got to make amends to the people that you hurt in the past. So his way of doing this was to try to stop the person that he helped you know, build her career because of Hydra back then. So he set that up and he actually, it was hilarious. It was so funny. And he winded up apprehending her. He put a somewhat of a controller into her car and managed to nab her or whatever. Didn't kill her, didn't hurt her like he told um, the therapist. And it was hilarious. In fact, the, um, the, actress the actress who plays the uh, therapist is amy uh aquino and i've seen her in a bunch of other shows before she's really good she was she's really great at here and not only is she a therapist but she's also she's also uh enlisted in and uh, been in tours as well so she does have somewhat of an understanding of what bucky has has been going through but not to that level like she knows that there's only a limit of what she has been through because whatever she's been through and she's probably been through a lot bucky has been through even bigger so you know but he's starting to make amends in there and then we go to another scene where bucky is uh hanging around this old guy this uh, this old uh, uh asian gentleman uh yuri i believe um Yuri uh, was is a neighbor of his or whatever, so but they go out a lot because he can relate to him because it, people got to remember Bucky is a hundred years old. Uh, he's also just like Captain America, who he's iced away and you know we haven't seen him for years on end, so he's still living his young life at this case. But he is a hundred years old, and Yuri's the only guy that can relate to him in this case. They are they are at the sushi bar. And they and I, I, I'm I'm missing a step of the introduction to Yuri, but you know Yuri was fighting with his neighbor who was trying to put trash into his uh in his bin, and he he's just Yuri is very upset. He's hurt because his son has been killed, and he's displacing his anger upon everybody. So Bucky is the one that's you know I don't know if but I don't know or I don't think Bucky knew what was going on it still hasn't been saying if bucky knew this but they hang around each other yuri actually you know there's a woman who works at the sushi bar that they're at a uh, very attractive woman and she he winds up yuri winds up being the wingman for him and just be blatant and asks her you know that he wants to take her out on a date <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time you see Bucky not prepared because if you remember during back in the um the original the, uh the first Avenger of Captain America Bucky was that suave dude he was that 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 swag and suave dude that was always great with women now he's not so much because he, he he's got so much going on he has PTSD and he's not the same dude that he was back in the 30s or whatever time he was around and it was it was pretty funny it was pretty funny to see him in that way and so vulnerable to that extent so they wind up actually going out on a date and stuff like that but 
you know, upon going out on a date, he kind of, you know, she kind of reveals why Yuri was going on with Yuri and why he is the way he is. And come to find out that he's been hurt by the fact that his son has died in, in a trip far away. It just happens to be the same trip that he assassinated those guys. And it just so happens that Yuri's son is the innocent bystander that he killed. So that's all coming back to his head. And I don't, it, it, it's not certain whether he knew this or not beforehand, but when she mentioned it, it was like he put two and two together. He went to the house. He went to Yuri's house to see if he was all right. Now, blatantly, now he he left his uh, date hanging, by the way. He just completely left the date after that, which, by the way, I like the fact that they were having drunken bat playing Battleship uh, as a drinking game. I thought that was really interesting. Um, but he, you know, upon him finding out the story that she told him because she knows Yuri very well, he wound up um you know going back to his place and he opened the door he had a little shrine of his son there and they did a close-up on the camera and lo and behold it is the very guy that he unfortunately killed and he paid him back the money that he owed for the dinner that he had and he left i don't know what's going to happen with that it was just very tragic at that point you just really you kind of felt bad for both in the case because again this is not what bucky ever wanted to do he was a sleeper agent you know when you're in that situation you don't know what's going to happen and it's just right there now take note that they did not nor bucky or sam met yet they're both just fleshing out both stories here and uh that's that right now and then we also have sam and his family situation i love this because we get to see more of sam's world we get to know more about sam as well as bucky in this case but we knew a lot about bucky uh throughout all of these different you know, uh, movies that he's been because they fleshed out a story and his origin story here. We didn't get to see enough about Anthony Mackie as the Falcon. And here we get to see him. I believe they went back to New Orleans and, you know, his family who ran a, uh, a fishing boat and was working for years on a fishing boat. And turn again, they is, this is another scene where they flesh out the events of what happened during the five year blip. And his sister is there. I love the um, the actor uh, who's playing his sister, Sarah Wilson. Uh, how do I pronounce her name? Adepero uh, Adoye. Beautiful name. Uh, so she plays Sarah Wilson. I love her character. I love how down to earth she is. She, I mean, their performance, their, their chemistry together was very real. You can really tell they felt like brother and sister right there because I, you know, had that same rapport with my sister as well. And they were fighting about keeping the boat that their family had for so long. Uh, she felt like they can't keep the boat forever. It was hemorrhaging uh, money and she had a hard time in the five years because she had two kids during the time when he was uh, blipped away and disappeared with the rest of the uh, family there, with the rest of the world or half of it. And she had to deal with things on her own. Her husband died. She had two kids along the way. Um, she was handling the family business on her own and she was struggling and he didn't want her to give up. He said he would try to find a way to get their funds back. And this was a foolish thing of uh, Sam because he 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 felt like because of his his uh, his celebrity status that it would gain him the opportunity to get approved of loans, which would have been the case. But because of, you know, the the five year blip and disappearance, a lot of people 
were unfortunately damaged by the idea of um them ever getting certain opportunities because everything changed and but also the other thing is too this is something that's been a an occurrence of what's going on systemically in our country um the lack of resources and the lack of opportunities and they showed and displayed this and i just the funny thing is i told my wife about this like not just days ago prior to this because we were talking about this during the documentary uh fx has a documentary on hip-hop and they were talking about how you know certain you know our community we don't the reason why we don't mess with banks a lot not all of us is because they don't support us you know when they're trying to come out and do a business they don't support us they don't provide us with the loans that we need or they do and they are, these loans are really sketchy in a sense i mean there's a, like it's the same thing with the medical field and everything you know there's a lot of skepticism when trying to deal with certain things to give us the opportunities that everybody else has so a lot of times banks don't approve of certain things that is happening here so they're at the bank and he they're trying to get this loan to help her refinance everything you know because you know and, and, and bring back the business she told him that he she's been to many banks before and they didn't approve but anthony is thinking his celebrity status was going to do unfortunately that was not the case because with the guy the gentleman the white gentleman that uh has worked with him claimed that due to the fact that he was blipped out for five years that the policies have changed and they're not going to give a loan to somebody who just happened to just come back from that resurgence that from that situation granted he has all the credentials he has some gi um contracts that he he can more than afford to do this and they still wouldn't let him through his sister was you know skeptical as hell she wasn't believing that it was because of that and it's hard to say whether it was the guy the the account um the accounts clerk at the bank he didn't seem like it but you never know but he was also fanning out that of the fact that you know falcon is in there with him but at the same time he wouldn't give falcon the opportunity to prove that you know he can do this even despite the fact that this man has willingly put his life on the line many a times and save the damn planet he still can't get alone that to me is ridiculous i bet if sam wilson or bucky or any of those guys would come i got a feeling they would get that low <laughs> and that was that was kind of what they were playing on here and i think there's going to be a lot of themes of that going throughout this thing especially at the end of this show because at the end of the show at the end of this first episode this first 50 minute episode they did some shadiness on Sam. The man just gave the shield and donated to the Smithsonian Museum. Then all of a sudden, lo and behold, I guess the senator or mayor, whatever, somebody who was in public office made a major announcement, a major news announcement that since Cap was away and he's no longer, and Falcon didn't want to take the helm. Even though Falcon's still being a hero, he's still a quote-unquote Avenger, and he's still doing his thing, they felt that they needed a hero, a represent, uh, representational hero to you know help him that takes over the helm of Captain America. So what do they do? They hire a guy to take over this helm. 
And my God, they John Walker of all people. If you don't know that name, if you're you're not a comic book fan, but especially not a Marvel comic book fan, but John Walker in the comics is known as the U.S. Agent. This U.S. Agent is played by Wyatt Russell. Good choice, not bad. Um, U.S. Agent is one of my i can't stand this character in the comics like he i hate him i hate him he's such i i can't say the words <laughs> but, but let, me, let me put it this way if you're a dc fan and you don't know about who us agent is i can only describe him as guy gardner he is that dude he is a total fill in the blank you know, at a time when one of the first times when Captain America, uh, you know, dropped the helm of being Captain America, he came in and took over. He wanted to be a new Captain America, a different Captain America. He wind up being a rogue at this point. The dude just he he was like he was so wrong. He I don't want to say it, but he was he could be considered like the 45 version of Captain America. In this case, and it's going to be interesting to see how he's portrayed in here. He's he's made not for you not to like him. And I think this is a perfect setting for him. And, uh, you know, in this case, so I am I am very excited. Like we knew a U.S. agent was going to be in this uh, series, but it's going to be very interesting. Now that I see him in, in, the, uh, in the flesh, it, you know, my comic books has really kicked in and my disdain for this guy came. in. so I, I I do tell you this. I like the suit. It's not black and red. It's not black, uh, red and white like it was in the comics, but it still has the same design patterns that the original had. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this character and how is Sam going to get that shield back? Is he going to take over? Are we going to see the comic book version of Sam Wilson as Captain America? I'm hoping that's what happens at the end, but we got five more episodes to go. This is a six episode series, unlike WandaVision. This is going to have um, more. I think I think every episode is going to be an hour as opposed to two hour, uh, like a half hour episode here. Or I don't know how they're going to do. I'm hoping that it's going to be an hour episode each because it's only six. Whereas Wanda had, I think, like, what, 10. Um, but I am looking forward to this. And I think so far so good so far so good i don't know what is going to happen we still haven't seen sharon carter yet uh emily van camp's character uh but we got a lot and we haven't seen zemo zemo has not arrived yet but we're going to see him soon best believe and we're i, I can't wait um aaron kellyman is carly uh morgatha i don't uh, get uh, uh, i don't know how to pronounce that name exactly i'm probably butchering it but if you guys remember, Aaron Kellyman played on uh, Star Wars a while back and uh, not Star Wars, but the solo movie a while back. She's also going to be playing in Willow, too. She's actually perfect. At, um, so I am interested in what they're going to do with this character because they keep showing her in the trailers. And then on top of that, there's one particular trailer where we actually see her with superhuman abilities and she takes on she gives Bucky a run for her money so that tells you right there um this first episode was absolutely awesome if you haven't checked it out go out of your way check it out Falcon and the Winter Soldier is here also I want to recommend 
if you haven't seen this yet, but they're also doing behind the scenes uh, documentaries as well for um, all of these shows. So the first one is on WandaVision. Uh, it's called the, the series is called Reassemble. And it's basically going behind the scenes of what they did to make all of these shows. But the first one that they have up and I don't think we're going to see the second one until after Falcon and the Winter Soldier is over. But go out of your way to check out the behind the scenes in the making of WandaVision because that was spectacular and you got to see everything of what they did they talked to the actual uh the cast and the production crew and I can't believe they actually had a live studio audience during the first few episodes that had the Dick Van Dyke themes to it and the Bewitch themes to it that was awesome they had an actual live crowd and not only that but the live audience also were dressed kind of retro like too so just to get the feel of it and I, I can't stress enough of what they did with that series, but go out of your way to check it out. Folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back. Oh, boy. Are we going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, a far cry of a movie from the original Joss Whedon version. We'll talk about all of that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Snyder Cut has finally arrived. Everybody who fought, everybody who debated, everybody who campaigned and signed petitions and everything finally got what they want but was it worth it was it worth it all four hours and two minutes of this movie to capitalize on everything that Zack Snyder wanted to see was it worth it for me personally and for majority of people and I say majority I mean like virtually if you know a percentage is 99 percent of the people on our ACMG Facebook group that commented on this movie all says yes it was well worth it i cannot believe what, we're, what we saw i watched this movie twice yes i watched this movie that was four hours and two minutes twice and each time i enjoyed every minute of it this was not only just the movie that fans wanted to see and was told that was out and was told it was awesome this was the definitive DC film. This movie is what I believe everybody was waiting for. And as a person who is a fan of Zack Snyder's uh, visionary artistry, I think this, as far as Zack Snyder movies, this is now my top. Like, I love Watchmen. 
I believe he worked on 300 as well and a few others. I hated Sucker Punch. Can't stand that movie. But that was more of the writing than it was the visuals. Um, but Justice League took it. it. It was just everything that he did, but better at this point. Um, I loved it. I love what he did. He added so much. I feel like they took more out of the original, but added so much more to this one and kept a little bit of what the what the Joss Whedon version was. And I tell you, speaking of Joss Whedon, uh, man, this does not help his case at all. After watching this, you know, so many people are praising this movie and lo and behold, now everybody's looking at Joss Whedon and like almost vilifying this dude for everything that was being said about him, how he handled things, how he treated people. Uh, Ray Fisher, especially, who was the, one of the first to really speak out on him. This does not help his case. You look at this movie and question why he made the decision to do what he did, made a diluted version of what like you look at the two movies combined. It is night and day. You cannot see that it is not. It is complete, two completely different movies that have some scenes that that they both use. To me, this is not a a director's cut. To me, this is a reboot. This is a complete reboot of this movie and almost a reboot of the entire franchise. But they do connect a lot of the events of Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman in there, respectfully. But it also helps both those movies better. I think this movie really helped Batman for Superman. And um, to that extent, it helped Jesse Eisenberg's uh, Lex Luthor character a little bit more. It actually helped Jared Leto <laughs> as the Joker. This, this, this did so much. And I think this not only just has more legs to stand on, but it just... It really fully it's it established the DC film universe for what we wanted it to be. And Zack Snyder deserves a lot of credit for what he's did, along with the people that helped him behind it. Christopher Nolan also uh, played a uh, had a had his hand in this, too. So you could tell there may be some Nolan X type of situations in here as well. But they, you know, the collaboration and with Zack Snyder's vision. It helped it greatly. They did a he did such a phenomenal job. His wife did a phenomenal job with this, and they dedicated this to his to their child Autumn. Which you know, of course, that was the reason why the first this movie, this version of the movie, never really came out. It was because they had that tragic loss of their um their uh, child, and Josh Whedon took over, and then Josh Whedon for some reason did no did this uh, franchise any disservice. And that's when the controversy happened with that. So and that's when the Snyder could happen. That's when people were investing in money to, you know, put out billboards for this. I mean, this is huge. It, this this speaks volumes of Zack Snyder and his quality. I'm, I got a friend that's in the uh, ACMG Facebook group that does not is not particularly the biggest fan of Zack Snyder um, for just based on his visual uh are his visual perspective of things and how he does things but i i i would argue that that makes him stand out the way his visual arts style that he does is stands out now granted i can understand where he's coming from what my friend is coming from with this because here's the situation Zack snyder can be compared to the artist in the 90s the boom period of comic books where it was all phenomenal art and the writing kind of sucks if you put that mindset that perspective that analogy towards 
Sucker Punch that plays in it because Sucker Punch visually looks stunning. It looks phenomenal, but the writing was not there. The storytelling, the, the the narrative, it was just not there, and I hated it. I hated that movie uh, because of that. But he's done really well on other movies. Like I said, Watchmen was was like one of my favorites of his, but now. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League just tops it right there. So let's try to run down everything that happened. Uh, before we do that, can I address that the internet is can be very stupid? I know this is no big news or whatever, but I, I tell you, man, the, the, the stupid, the, like you can't please anybody. <laughs> I'm telling you, because here we have a movie that's four hours and two minutes. And you got people who are complaining about it. The same people who probably watch Lord of the Rings or probably binge watch all the entire Lord of the Rings saga. The same group of people who probably binge watch WandaVision or any other, you know, share a series that's out there right now. But they're complaining about this movie. I guarantee you it's the same people. So get credit to game uh, GameSpot. They decided to help people out to make them understand how long certain chapters are. And you remember Zack Snyder said that this was going to be in parts. Now, they didn't say whether these parts were going to be a weekly showing or whatever, like, because that's what I thought it was going to be. No, in fact, what they did was it was a full movie, but they separated in chapters or what they call parts uh, in here. So you have a different chapter or part in here that, you know, goes into different situations. But GameSpot grace, uh, graciously, you know, timed everything as to how long each part or chapter is going to be. Prologue, nine minutes. Part one, 28 minutes. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, what else do we have here? Let me see. It's 28 minutes. Um, part two, 32 minutes. Part three, 42 minutes. Part four, 30 minutes. Part five, 32 minutes. Part six, 41 minutes. Epilogue. 19 minutes they're all culminating to four hours and 20 minutes so if that helps you put a perspective and things that's fine but i don't understand the complaint you can't complain about this and then binge watch an entire series it doesn't make sense like you'll watch you'll binge, you'll binge watch this i mean you'll watch this but then you'll binge watch titans or you binge watch um the defenders or luke cage or daredevil God, like no that you just can't it just it's stupid it is stupid to argue this. It's stupid to make any sense of this. It just makes no sense. You're just you're just arguing for the sake of arguing. Obviously. So let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the high points of the movie. The movie starts off with a prologue showing uh, the death of Superman and his battle with Doomsday Zod. Um, part one mainly covers the amazing the, uh, the Amazon island of Venascara as uh, they noticed that the mother box is acting up leading to Steppenwolf and the uh, parademons invading now there was this is something that you've seen in the first one but there's some changes to this as well uh, the box that they were trying to retrieve for dark side basically here the results of this was met with dozens of Amazonian warriors sacrificing themselves to keep Steppenwolf and the parademons from taking the mother box that was a really intense scene like i haven't seen anything like that since uh you guys may be too young to know this movie but shaka zulu when like somebody a royal a royal uh, somebody in royalty dies they bury like a whole like group of uh, tribesmen alive as an honor 
to uh, as an honorable thing for the um, for their royalty whenever they die. This kind of reminded me of that for some reason. Unfortunately, it was not enough as the queen was still able um, to, you know, Steppenwolf got away after <laughs> that big sacrifice, but yet the queen still was able to get away with the mother box. Meanwhile, Diana is in uh, what I believe is Paris, protecting people from terrorists and beating the living crap of them. Now we've seen this scene. We, we saw the scene in the original, but not to this extent. I believe they added some extra footage. Um, so like this, ver this scene right here, felt way more violent than the than original Joss Whedon version. She looked Wonder Woman in this movie. Gal Gadot in this movie looked better than she did in anything that we've seen prior to. Better than Batman vs. Superman, better than her own movies. She never looked more badass. Absolutely awesome. I mean, and by the way, there was a ton. If y'all complained about Man of Steel, with uh the fact that that clark snapped next boy y'all gonna hate this but the funny thing is i've not like people have such short attention spans people seldomly forgot about the whole thing about clark killing people well guess what they went full-on like fatality mode in this <laughs> in this movie diana was just throwing people on walls kicking them out like i mean just doing all sorts of like they were not these guys were super dead to coin a phrase of uh, a term that my uh, friend anthony on acg facebook groups always says these dudes were super dead <laughs> like splattered to the wall dead and it was just like there's no way the way that she was throwing uh, these guys around these terrorists around that they were they were coming back to life she was on full-blown kill mode here to save these kids that they because they were they were literally killing people as soon as they got out that van as soon as they went in so that was an interesting thing there i liked also um the little really empowerment um uh, scene right there where you know she's comforting this girl and she's telling this girl you can be anything you want to be it was really cute it was really sweet um after all that so it was just great but we also see bruce attempt to find author something else that we saw in the original as well but a little bit but uh some extra footage you know added to that which is what you know we saw in original movies there so they, that's where it really kind of starts off um I believe we do see a little bit of um silas stone and and vic as well in here in the beginning part two shows uh is the chapter focuses on aquaman which also brings back some of the cast from his movie such as william defoe and uh as uh voco and amber heard as mira uh so voco tries to pretty much convince author to take the helm of king but refuse uh he refuses to do so in this movie we get to see a better look at stefan wolf and his story because that's that was one of the problems i had with the josh whedon version which by the way justice league was the actual first movie that my wife and i went to movie tavern and it was the first time we ever went to movie tavern and that started off a bunch of uh, outings pre-covid that we had going to this movie theater and enjoying movies again i can't wait to do this again like once i get my vaccine i believe black widow's coming out that is a done deal that is absolutely a done deal right there so oh, it's gonna be feel so great to go back out again but i digress stepping wolf in the first movie was not really fleshed out well and in this version because it's four hours and two minutes everybody was fleshed out better and i almost feel like that we got to see what he looks like 
better. Like you, you, he had more speaking roles. He had, he, there was so much more to, to see with Stephen Wolf in this story. Um, and now we find out why he was doing everything he was doing. We knew he was working for Dark Side, but what we didn't know was that he was chastised. He was, you know, banned. He, he was, you know, banned from ever coming back to Apocalypse because he failed him so many times. And now Stephen Wolf wanted to regain his honor to Dark Side by retrieving the the uh, mother boxes together because that was the one thing that he needed to destroy uh, to destroy earth and make it his own what happens is when you combine these three mother boxes together they create the they they create a world based on the person who helms the mother boxes and it turns into the world and the people in that world becomes parademons that is what happens to, that's why all those parademons that you've seen are hordes of people that he has taken from other planets. Really awesome kind of thing to do. I mean, from a storyteller standpoint, that is. Um, I like. I really like that. Uh, so that was that. And now, you know, due to some other scenes back there, back then, uh, you know, he's now coming back to try to do what he couldn't do before. But Stephen Wolf is trying to be the one to do it. One of the best scenes of this chapter or part if you will, uh, is is Diana first learning more about uh, what happened here is because what happens is her mother, the queen, they they had the situation there and he she needed to warn her. So she shot an arrow that reached all the way to Paris, which, of course, we saw in the original. But what we don't see in the original is Diana researching and learning more about this new threat. She finds this tomb. She takes the arrow. The arrow opens up this area this tomb temple area where it tells her the story of dark side and what happened the last time he tried to invade earth eons ago and it's the part where she comes and meets up with bruce to tell her about the legend of dark side who's be who's played by ray porter he did a great job he did an absolutely great job as dark side he really felt like the dark side that I grew up knowing about the dark side that I knew about from back in the day and Saturday morning cartoons and even the recent animated shows and stuff like that. He, he played up to him really well. So one of the best scenes was showing the, the uh, flashback of this and all of like just everybody in unity coming together and in, in, in a battle that was like in game proportions. You had Greek gods coming to team up with Amazonians to team up with, um, people from aquaman's world or neptune or whatever they uh dad said and they're all teamed together all these people that normally all these groups that would normally not team up together have all come together in unity to take out dark side now you know what's interesting about this and i'm gonna get real with this one because this is upon a conversation i had just recently in regards to the unfortunate unfortunate spa massacre and murders that happened just recently and this line of hate that we've been having for quite a while now is being migrated to the Asian community. And my hearts, and my thoughts and hearts go out to all of those families and, and, and friends who have suffered through that. It's just it, it just didn't have to be. It just did not have to be. But we say that for the black community and we say that for the Jewish community and we say that for the LGBTQ community all the time. It just didn't have to happen. You know what also should happen? is that we all need to work together. Every one of us from culture to subculture or whatever need to team up together to fight hate. And that's what we saw in this scene right here is that we had all these different cultures 
teaming up together to stop hate. Take a lesson from this movie. This is exactly what we need to do. And go back to Endgame because that's exactly what happened there. You had sorcerers teaming up with, you know, Wakandans. You had, um, you know, uh, people from other planets teaming up to come and get Thanos. Look what we did for the election. That's what we need to do. We all need to team up and see the bigger picture and become something more than what we are. And that is a community in a united community. So, I mean, take it from this, this exactly, because what they were, what Darkseid and his minions were doing was capitalizing on the division of what's going on in the country. And because everybody's divided, they don't have enough power to fight against them. Only they win when we're divided. How hard is that to understand, not to understand people? So, I mean, seriously, we need to do better. And to do better, we need to team up against hate all types of hate hate in general just take that there but i digress in this flashback we see hundreds of warriors all teaming up to take dark side forces including the lantern corps as well i didn't mention that as well the lantern corps was in there full force some of which i believe i recognize uh, in air as well so this was such a great deal and this wasn't in the original course this was one of the awesome things we got to see dark side in battle we got the dark side be, be dark side in battle against all these hordes of people of course he did not win because the, the forces were too big and that's why we're in this situation now i like how they explained how the mother boxes happened i everything just made sense there as well i mean i just love it i also like that they explained you know how you know with unite with the unity everybody comes together and you know they conquer the world they will be able to they will uh, keep from conquering the world i should say it, I, I, part two was was very important part two was very relevant and very important it was fantasy based on reality take it for what you will it was absolutely that part three in this chat and this part in this chapter we get to see flash and iris in the scene that everybody was talking about the scene that josh whedon cut out from the from his version this was one of the first things that really kind to vilified josh whedon in my opinion this scene was so great this scene like you watched this scene and you wondered why in the hell did he take that out this was so pivotal to his character development like i i, I mean because if you look at the original and I, at this point i can't watch the original i cannot know i can no longer i cannot even recognize it. and i'm and i'm a fan of josh whedon's work I, if not for Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon was the, ten, he created the template, the formula to bring a bunch of people together and give air, enough airtime for each of them to be able to have prominent, you know, uh, appearances and importance in a film. It's hard to be able to, you know, juggle around a bunch of people and make sure that everybody gets, you know, a lot of airtime and character development. He was one of the first ones to really do that in this format, in this genre. And now you got a bunch of other people who are able to see that template and formula and work off of that as well. So I, you know, I, it's a shame uh, of all the things that we're hearing about him now, but um, this doesn't help his case because this scene was fantastic. And I love that he was in the pet store and he was trying to get a job. He was late as always, you know, total Barry. But Iris, he bumps into Iris 
who, by the way, let me get the name of uh, the Iris of this version here because um, she played in the movie Dope, uh, if I remember correctly. And Iris West, Iris West, do we have her name? It was the only time I've ever seen her before. Iris West, let me see if I can conjure this up. Iris, there we go. Uh, Kesley Clements. Yeah, she was she played on a movie dope. I don't believe I've seen her in anything else than that. But she's she was tremendous. She looked really she looked she embodied Iris. She didn't really say too much. She just gave uh, Barry that stare. They connected. Uh, she was in a car. She was still staring at Barry as she was driving off while he was in a store trying to explain why he was late. And then lo and behold, a truck is coming because a guy is not paying attention because he dropped his sandwich. And for some reason, a man driving a truck decides to get his, keep his eyes off the road just to get this sandwich you're in a multi-ton truck that can destroy other cars and other people with ease why would you think that you could do that and lo and behold he crashed into iris's car but because barry was there he was able to speed his way out it had this really cool scene where barry you, you we've seen this before with uh x-men but this was done very beautifully. Uh, he destroyed his he destroyed his sneaks <laughs> doing this. He destroyed the window to save Iris. He laid her down. He managed to save her, laid her down. His music was playing. It was beautiful. We've seen this before with Quicksilver, but it was just done in and and uh, uh, Matthew Vaughn did it really well. But um, it, with that scene, but now Zack Snyder did his version of it. It was just really well done. And um, we come back and he got he got a hot dog in between all this to feed to the dog so he could get this job. It was really funny. It was really, really cool. He got back and she's just wondering what's going on. And he's he's with the dogs and the dogs is, you know, keeping calm with him because he's feeding them during situations like this. <laughs> it's just crazy. Ursa Miller did such a great job. And I think this scene helped him establish himself as this this universe is Barry but what also people need to give credit for is the fact that Ursa Miller was also helped by the fact that he was in Crisis on Infinite Earth as he met Grant Gustafson uh, who plays Barry Allen on the Arrowverse and I think that helped people along with that because now it recognizes that these two exist among the multiverse so it helped if they did not do that I it probably would have been a still hard hard debate to really respect both you know the justice league and the dc film universe to that of the arrowverse but now that they did that they totally recognize that they do exist but they exist in their own universes but they at this one point we had this opportunity to see the movie version of the flash meet barry allen's the arrowverse version of the flash and then not, not only that for the arrowverse barry to give ursa miller the name of the flash because he was not known as the flash in there so great moment if you have not watched crisis on infinite earth you need to go out of your way to watch that series that was so awesome what they did with that and uh culminated to some epic stuff and the biggest surprise of that entire series was seeing um ursa miller make an appearance in there as the flash that you see in this movie so loved it um we also see lois lane still hurt by the loss of superman in here bruce and diana looks uh at possible recruits including cyborg who in this movie 
we see the entire origin story, which we did not see in the original. So that was cut out. And I now understand why Ray Fisher was so upset because Ray Fisher was the MVP. I would say the MVP of this movie was Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot. He was so polarizing to see. I mean, his voice carried over really well. He felt like Cyborg. He felt like a really, and by the way, he never said Booyah. Time and I'll probably say that again too, but we t I totally understand what he was, uh, what, uh, why he was so against the actions of Josh Weed in here. It, I don't, I don't get it. It, it. I don't, I don't, I just don't. A really cool scene where Victor is at the dean's office um, because he hacked into the system to alter his friend's grades due to her struggles. You know, her family was having financial struggle. Um, it would, we never see the girl, but it's, it's believed that she could be black and it's believed that based on the conversation that uh, his mother and uh, the dean had that, you know, he wasn't trying to help her out the way that Vic was helping her. Now, granted, Vic was hacking into the system, so we know that's wrong. But with uh, the way that Vic's mom was explaining it, it, it kind of justified him and really vilified the dean because the mom supported Vic and his actions, but also asked the dean as to what he was doing to help her while she was struggling with financials and all that stuff. And the dean's face, like he just turned away and looked really like guilty about not doing anything to help her so she can excel better without Vic having to do it. Because so it's just one of those situations that we have in our society and i'm glad that they addressed that they addressed a lot of that there were some absolutely great scenes with vic um we see we see him playing football and where he was dominated um where he dominated the fit like his storyline is exactly what you saw in the comics it is exactly the situation if you watch any animated series or read the comics or anything that involves cyborg except for t titans go because they don't really play on that but <laughs> but you know that they really focus on the fact that his father was not there his father was only about science he didn't want him to be about the football thing so he just wasn't interested even though he cared about him he never showed how much he cared so as he's dominating the field and became the mvp of the game he saw he sees his mom cheering hard for him but he also sees an empty seat that was supposed to be silas uh there and it really upset him from that point so we see them driving home and she's trying to console him. Also, not looking at the road, might I might ask, and trying to console him. This leads to a tragic accident that led Victor and his mom tragically in a bad place. Unfortunately, mom didn't make it, but we also know that Vic has been dismembered. I've never seen an accident like this where it dismembers somebody in a car for that matter. His whole body was dismembered. And this is when Silas was determined to, you know, let his son live. And he used a mother box, which, by the way, he he never he he was desperate. He never um, studied this box. He never did research on the box to see if this was a good idea or not. He he used his instinct to, to see this through. But to what extent he did not know how this was going to come out. So that was a great moment there. And we this they when I say they fleshed out his his origin story, they fleshed out his origin story. We see bits and pieces throughout this entire movie. Um, another fantastic and heartfelt scene that we see Vic do is monitoring 
he has the he he's the super he's the world's greatest computer pretty much and he has the ability to compromise anybody's system whether good or bad but in this scene he comes across this this woman who's a single mom who's barely trying to you know who barely can afford to feed her kids barely afford to live she gets evicted from her home really sad it's hard very heartfelt he uh took up took it upon himself to find the bank that she's associated with only had like but 11 dollars and some change he took it upon himself and i like how when he enters his own mainframe he sees his, he sees himself as his human version of himself in the mainframe and he goes in goes into this bank where she's at sees the 11 dollars in some sense there he's puts his hand together on it and raises it up to give her way more money. She ends up with a over $100,000. She goes into the ATM with her two kids just sitting there and he he hacks the system to make it seem like she won a grand prize from the bank and her account has been replenished with over 100 grand. And the look on her face and the reaction from her was just so felt because a lot of people can relate to that situation especially today it was so great it just made cyborg probably one of the favorite characters of this entire movie from here um just just fantastic uh i want to also note that jeremy irons also gets a lot of airtime in this movie as well i mean jeremy irons um was just tremendous in this as well uh, as alfred just I, I really enjoyed this uh just everybody's just getting eight, four hours and two minutes you better get some damn <laughs> say here so uh it, it's i just really enjoyed what happened there and they did him justice and here alfred really was a great factor in this movie as well um can I also mention that this is a really totally rated R move, uh, movie here because there was a lot of F-bombs in here that I didn't hear in the old version. So this was this was the Watchmen <laughs> in a sense. Um, just, just a lot of things that was like, oh, this is if y'all want your kids to see Justice League, you go see Josh Whedon's version because that's like the church version. Uh, totally edited. <laughs> Safe to watch. But also, you know, let them see, let them see this version when they get older. We also have to note that working with uh, Silas Stone is uh, Ryan Cho, played by Ryan Zen. How easy was that? He got a he got a gig where he get to uh, be called his own name. But if you know who Ryan Cho is in the comics, he is Captain Adam, which was a character that was not in the original movie. So now we're establishing new characters in this movie, period. Like they are, this is, you can't do this and not say that there's going to be, it's not going to be a sequel. There's definitely going to be a sequel. Uh, we're already setting up seeds for things to come. So Ryan Cho is now in here as well. And he's setting up for a bigger role. Seems like we also see JK Simmons, everybody's favorite J Jonah Jameson back as commissioner Gordon, along with, um, Corin Holbrook Smith, who we see in Doctor Strange. Uh, he was in one scene on Doctor Strange, but there looks like they're going to be in ba the Batman um, series as well if that comes out. And hopefully Ben Affleck stays on for that because the the results of this movie and, and what people thought about this movie is overwhelmingly successful. 
So hopefully this keeps them on there to do that. Because I would love to see that Batman movie where Deathstroke was supposed to be a part of it and Joe John, John Maganello was supposed to be a part of it. So I'm hoping that this is like this is going to be a thing. In this chapter, also, we see Mira holding uh, her own as well against Steppenwolf, uh, which leads to an encounter with Aquaman because Aquaman finally decided to uh, take the helm and take the trident that uh, Voco was trying to give to him anyway. So now we go to part four, which mostly covers the sewer uh, battle scene with the Justice League trying to save all of the uh, scientists, including Silas, that the Parademons are trying to take because they some of the scientists have been in an encounter with a mother box so they're trying to figure out where that other mother box is the mother box that is hidden in cyborg's actual apartment so they uh, haven't spotted it yet however there has been a change in this scene we see a lot more flash in the scene and flash if if you remember the original flash came off a little bit scared to enter this and do this and there was a scene where uh he i believe he remember asking them like what can i do what can i do and they they totally cut that scene out so now flash looks a little bit more like he's down with you know trying to be a part of this and not being hesitant as he did on a, in the josh whedon version so i'm glad they cut that out because i was not a fan of him being kind of afraid to be a part of this and do this even though he agreed to be a part of this so that was one of the changes but this whole thing was stretched out with a lot of additional footage showing once again how badass wonder woman is okay because she fought stefan wolf like it was such a great battle i love what they did with this flash and batman also gets more battle points showing off what they can do against the parademons um by the way batman also using guns to kill so you know if you're going to complain about something you got to complain about that if you're going to complain about superman snapping hits but guess what there's proof in the comics that they both have had their fair share of bodies. It's not the first time. So, <laughs> um, Flash and Batman are more into this. You got, um, I didn't even mention that, uh, in a past chapter, but we got a chance to see Desaad, which is like Dark Side's right hand man. We've seen him in the comics, we've seen him in, in animated series and, and Saturday morning cartoons. Like, it was really cool to see him in here because obviously he was not in the original. Like, the way Josh Whedon did the original, it was supposed to do, he did the Avengers formula. He was going to do these, the tease leading up to Dark Side, which was probably going to be like two or three, you know, uh, like movies from now which was the same thing that they did with Thanos, which was fine, which was awesome, actually. I wouldn't even say it was fine. It was actually awesome that they did it that way because that was the first time it was done. He was trying to recreate the will, I guess, from this and doing the exact same things that he did, that he that made Avengers so spectacular with Justice League, and it didn't work. We want, People wanted to see a different feel. We didn't want to give the Marvel Cinematic Universe feel. We wanted something different, and Zack Snyder gave it to us. But in doing so, we got to see a lot more from here as well. So Desaad in here as well, we see another familiar uh, subordinate with Darkseid later on in the movie. So uh, we'll talk about that in due time, but it was great to see him there. And uh, I, I, I just, if you're a DC fan, you gotta be happy. So uh, I've watched Darkseid and his crew since like the days of channels of the super friends and it's just so great to see him in this platform by the way i love seeing cyborg and and and, and um 
the mother box situation because once again that was just another situation that was in the comics he is a part of the motherboard his whole existence is that of apocalypse and their, and their technology so I, I it's just really great uh this is the scene also uh, where they decide to retrieve uh, Superman because they figure out by using the mother box, their mother box's technology or advanced technology allows to recreate, you know, um, what is the term? There's a term for that, but it, it basically allows you to recreate or destroy. Uh, and they figured out that they could use the mother box to revive Superman from this point. So we then go to a mind blowing scene oh yes this scene okay this scene was i this was the scene that i when i first watched this the first time i screamed because i did not see this coming even though this was rumored and talked about multiple times i went insane here we have a scene from the original that has Lois visiting Martha. What we didn't know is that there's a major twist to this. Turns out Lois is not talking to Martha or Martha's not talking. Wait, 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 what is it? With? Right. Turns out that Lois was not talking to Martha because Martha was trying to encourage her to get back to work, you know, regardless of the loss of her son, quote unquote, that she needs to get back into the swing of things the world needs lois and this this world needs lois thing becomes apparent as you go along but find out that we weren't she was lois wasn't talking to martha the minute that martha left i started glowing then transforms into of all people john jones not mma athlete john jones i am talking the martian manhunter who was never seen in the first flick not only that turns out which mother which a lot of people were suspecting there are there are people on the internet who actually get it right every once in a while turns out he's been around for a long time dating back to man of steel as he as one of his forms is that of general swanrick played by harry lennox done i'm so done <laughs> i screamed when i saw that and he looks awesome i love the cgi of him granted i no disrespect to the arrowverse version of john but man it was so much detail in this version beautiful i love the line work i love the the detail the textures and everything of this one and i love the suit the suit was so great too i mean it just they they just went above and beyond here but it was a great surprise that, you know, DC fans and comic book fans were rewarded with just great. And, and uh, Harry Lennox's voice is just made for this role. It's made for him. I absolutely enjoy it. Then we go to part five. While they are retrieving the body of Clark, we get a moment uh, that again, another additional footage, some uh, more additional footage here. We get a moment with Arthur and Diana who talks about their culture clashing together because of their history. This reminds me of um, Flashpoint, actually, because that was a situation where they kind of teamed up, but then they actually became lovers. But also they were enemies prior to, to that. So that was a little bit of uh, reminded me of that and somewhat of injustice as well 
uh, too. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, <laughs> while they while they're talking, <laughs> Cyborg and Flash are digging the graves uh, of Clark as Barry asked Victor whether Diana would go for younger guys. <laughs> To which Victor says, she's 5,000 years old. Every guy is a younger guy. <laughs> I thought that was a really, really fun little... It's probably one of the only comedic moments that they actually had, aside from the infamous uh, Flash and, you know, Super, uh, you know, Justice League versus Superman battle when they revive him. But um, I thought that was cute. We also see get more added footage of the league going into Star Labs to bring back Superman, which uh, leads to Cyborg hacking the system to infiltrate Superman's ship. Uh, the same ship that Lex Luthor used in Batman vs Superman to revive Zod, which became Doomsday Zod. <laughs> Take note, they needed the mother box to do that, but they also needed more uh electricity to do that as well more power silas is skeptical uh, right off the bat uh that this was a false alarm until he discovers that it's his son so he was like nope it's a it's not a false alarm stay out everybody get the hell out <laughs> for those who remember uh the version of the film uh, uh, uh the first version of the film flash needed to run fast enough to generate enough power to revive clark this also means that we uh He's going into time, entering the speed force to do so. Um, this, I believe in my mind, could very well be the moment where Barry and um, the two Barrys met. It could be because somewhere along the lines, that's where those two have gotten together uh, in there or that or is going to come up possibly during the movie or whatnot as to when he did this. But at any time, he, he could have run the speed force and done some really crazy things. Um, to that nature while this is happening cyborg gets visions of what could happen if dark side retrieves all three boxes resulting in uh, wonder woman dying and the destruction of all worlds uh we also see superman holding what could be lois lane's burnt up body as he is in distraught while dark side embraces him we then see Clark hover down holding batman's cow as the camera pans out and we see a dead Lantern Corp member, not just anyone. We see Kilowog. OK, this is leading into some things here. Um, this these visions can also be traced back to Batman vs Superman, where Bruce saw Flash in a dream sequence uh, where Flash warns uh, Bruce to save Lois as uh, she is the key to all this. And, you know, at the time when I watched that, I didn't really put two and two together and it is all coming together really, really smoothly here because if any of you guys played it in justice, you know, the basic storyline of that game. Just hold on to that theory right there. We should note Henry Cavill's infamous mustache gate is no longer. That scene got completely wiped out. No need. And they did a bunch of new footage for it as well. So we got to see Henry Cavill with his shaved head, with the shaved, um, you know, face and everything the way it should have been. That's all gone. Nobody talked about that at all. This chapter also sees, uh, sees the end of Silas Stone as once again, actor Joe Morton. That's what he does best in sci-fi films. And that is just die by the push of a button not just that he dies he dies always from some type of explosion i swear to goodness that just it's just like a running gag at this point it, it's like he uh it never fails if you watch his legendary performance in 
Terminator 2, he died virtually the same way, blowing his ass up in a lab. It's never felt. I almost think that it was like a take on it. It was a little rub for those who uh, know him for these damn roles. Seriously, like I think he's it was between him or Michelle Rodriguez that we're actually they're, they're almost being tied together. Somebody's getting a world's record here. So then we go to part six. The climax of the uh, this director's cut gives us much a much much different ending than Josh Whedon's version not to mention a much better one that reveals so much more coming to the uh, DCU Bruce and Diana discuss a premonition that he had regarding Lois uh, Flash and Lois that we just talked about uh this is leading into some deep dark waters uh that is very familiar for comic book fans as well as video game fans here Part six should be the scene where the league faces off against Steppenwolf and just that it just ends it off there. However, that has been completely altered thanks to uh, Zack Snyder. And again, for the better, we see Captain, oh, I'm sorry, I said Captain, we see Clark enter his uh, ship as he's choosing to pick suits. He has a variety of different suits for every occasion just like he does in the um bat and the superman animated series as well one of which is the original suit but he doesn't pick that suit he chooses the black suit comic fans recognize this suit because he wore this when becoming dark side's second in command in an ultimate an alternate universe or in another storyline, uh, but I definitely on Justice League Unlimited, he's in there doing that. Or their first Justice League before Justice League Unlimited, um, they cover that storyline as well. But that's also in the comics as well, so you know that this is where they're going with this. There is a scene where uh, they play off Whedon's infamous Avengers slow motion charge pose scene in Age of Ultron. I don't know if people caught that scene. I don't know if people really thought about that scene, but it's exactly the same thing that they did in that scene. I don't know if that was a dig. I don't know what that was. It could have been a dig. It could have been. Now, I think it was more of a dig because even Zack Snyder was kind of pissed off about what Josh Whedon did um, along with everybody else. So I don't know if that would that could have been a dig. I don't know until we until he gets interviewed, unless somebody mentions that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that, but that was that was not there just for the sake of being there. That was there for a I think for a reason. The final battle was levels above the weed inversion by far. Barry runs to generate enough energy to take out the mother boxes. Um, however, he gets injured along the way, and I love this because twice in this movie he gets injured, but he has um, they recognize his uh, his ability to heal fast enough. However. Um, during Barry's run, Superman comes to join the group finally, and he's easily dominating Steppenwolf along with the rest of the league. Uh, the awesome part about this is that they show Barry trying to heal fast, but it's a little bit too late. It's not happening. So take note that again, Superman and Batman are killing everybody here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not human, but they're still living beings, damn it. <laughs> it still counts. Fans was also rewarded with Barry entering the Speed Force in full effect because he didn't manage to, you know, do it on time. So what he did, he went the Superman route. He went to he went to Richard Donner route. He reversed everything. He went back in time just a few minutes later. There's a few like a minute or two before it was too late. 
And uh, he, mer- you know, before he, in order to merge with the mother boxes. And unfortunately, it, you know, he 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 made it. Uh, I should say fortunately, because unfortunately he didn't make it the first time. But when he, you know, went to, into the speed force to go back in time just a few minutes later uh, or before he managed to do it. Then comes one of the best parts of this chapter as the portal opens and we see dark side along with Desaad, not in the molted uh, form that he was in. We see the real Desaad. And we also see Granny Goodness. That is the that that is the, those two, those three are the equivalent of Thanos in the Dark uh, Order or the Black Order. And man, it was awesome to see. Like Granny Goodness is a computer generated CGI version of her because she's t- <laughs> this Granny Goodness is not like a short like over obese version that we normally see in the comics. No, she was taller than Desaad. She looked totally badass in here. So we get a glimpse of Granny Goodness in here and fans were rewarded to seeing Barry into the Speed Force this way, emerging, uh, reversing the merging of the mother boxes. Um, Barry managed to reach Victor as he travels within himself and sees both him and the human side, along with the father and mother who manipulates him to try to uh, to not proceed with the plans. Thankfully, Victor was not falling for it. He managed to get through it. Meanwhile, Steppenwolf met his end in a very different way than he did in the original. Uh, Because, you know, Aquaman stabbed him with the trident. Diana, well, Clark knocked him silly and, you know, knocked him into the portal. But before that, Diana sliced his head off. So there were some fatality. It was a trifecta of uh, fatality going on here. So we see his body land right into the portal, into the apocalypse, and his head land right near Darkseid, where Darkseid just crushed Steppenwolf's head. Darkseid looks at the League in anger, and the portal closes. Lovely. And you think that it was going to end there? Nope. There is the epilogue. This is when things get deep. Cyborg um, dematerializes the uh, tape recorder that he crushed when he was angry with his father so he could listen to the remaining message um, that was left by Silas, who now tells him that, you know, regardless of everything that he did, he was wrong for what he did. He um, but he truly loved him, period. Uh, and, you know, it was really cool. It's really cool that he was able to do that because I can't imagine not everybody's able to dematerialize a damn <laughs> tape recorder the way he did. You know, you can reverse things. That's awesome. Aquaman goes uh, to see his father on the surface, um, see his father and who's in jail and tells him that uh, he's now, you know, working with crime uh, investigations and now he'll be able to pursue even further to prove his innocence there. So we which we kind of saw in the original movie, they did leave that part in Aquaman gets to see his father, goes to see his father uh, on the surface which means he will eventually be back with them. Ryan Cho is now the head of Star Labs, which leads us to believe that he will be Adam very soon. When we see Bruce, Diana and Alfred, they're checking out this new hall that they're that he brought and which is no doubt will be the Hall of Justice coming in the uh, next movies. We also get to see um, what else do we see here? Victor visits his parents' grave and then flies away from there. Now, what also was cut out in this scene was Victor reforming his body because 
he um in, in the original he reforms his body into the cyborg form that we wanted to see that like the better i i thought i was hoping that we get to see that they didn't do that for some reason it looks like they may be keeping his form the way it is i would i would like to see him alter that form yeah, in some form or fashion i really hope they do uh we also see commissioner gordon throw up the bat signal and batman stands on a tank <laughs> he now has a tank people so uh, let's see where that goes diana is seen at the temple holding onto the arrow that her mother used to warn her now it's not clear as to whether venascara is destroyed thanks to stefan because i think he lied to diana thinking uh saying that he killed everybody but he really didn't i don't believe he did he didn't go back there uh when she threw the arrow it was right after the events of that so i don't know where they're going with that i maybe they'll mention that uh, again sometime we also see the end credit which uh we saw from the original which was like an end credit scene before but it's now part of the uh epilogue we where lex escapes from the uh from arkham where he was before and he is now on a yacht where he meets up with Deathstroke, played by Joe Maganello, which is supposed to be some of the seeds being planted for the Batman movie and the next uh, Justice League uh, movie as well, where I guess the Legion of Doom is coming and forming. But while we're doing that, there was by the time it got to this part, I'm typing, I'm you know commenting on the ACMG Facebook group. Where was that scene where the Joker is at? Is this was this all a rouge to you know make it seem like he's coming in? And I spoke too soon because while we saw that before, there was some added footage here, and connected to this was we we now see an apocalyptic future that shows parademons everywhere in this dried land, which could be Gotham, it could be Metropolis, who knows. We then see Batman, you know, coming out of hiding and appearing in the trench coat and machine gun hiding alongside uh, Cyborg, Flash, Deathstroke and Mirror. Like, how did the, all these guys come together who wants revenge against um, Mirror wants revenge for killing for them, killing Aquaman. Also with them is, in fact, the Joker played once again by Jared Leto, who apparently they are teaming up with <laughs> not willingly, of course. Let's talk about this for one second. Jared Leto played the Joker. What was almost unanimously considered the worst Joker portrayal played in movies. And in an original Suicide Squad movie. I think we might have to rethink that now because this Joker. In this scene, played by the same actor was much better in these few moments than he was in the Suicide Squad movie. His chemistry between him and Bruce was every bit as intense as what we wanted to see. And seeing those two together for the first time was awesome. And I love this scene. Joker reveals that he killed Robin while Bruce reveals that he killed Harley Quinn. <laughs> Not only that, we get to hear Bruce like totally F-bomb this dude. He was like, he promises that once this truce is over, he's going to effing kill him. <laughs> Cyborg is with him and he detects that the person they are hiding from and fearing the most has found them. Lo and behold, of all people, it is Clark. Ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt, we have injustice. 
<laughs> so it's rather we have a justice or we got the story saga that involves him teaming up with uh dark side which i think that's what he's going to but this is pretty much an injustice thing but then we also learn that this is another one of those dreams and premonitions that bruce has he wakes up in his uh in his re retreat or his house or whatever only to hear someone coming uh to his house turns out it is martian manhunter who tells him that the anti-life equation is somewhat uh it's it's somewhere in the world and dark side is going to come back to find it which dark side does say that he's going to have to go to through old school ways in order to do so he offers to join the team and say that he will keep in touch and uh just a great scene just an absolute great scene the movie is dedicated to his child autumn of course as i mentioned and that's how the movie ends what else can i say i watched this twice both times I, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal both times. If you need a reason to, if you haven't gotten or invested in subscribing to HBO Max and need a reason to do so, my friends, this is the reason to do so. You got to see this. And I can I also mention, I didn't mention this before, and I honestly, it's not a big deal, but Zack Snyder's vision for some reason was to make this movie this entire movie in four three aspect ratio while that is significantly different and you have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio screen that you're watching it on you soon get so immersed in this movie that you don't even talk about it that's not a big focus it didn't take away from anything i watched this twice and enjoyed it just as much i looked at the acmg facebook group nobody only one person only one person tried to make a big deal out of it everybody else nobody made a big, big deal out of this it didn't hurt it it didn't do anything for it he I, i've also seen him on other posts try to warn other people it's in four three ratio you gotta look out it's, it's here's the part where it doesn't matter for some reason Zack snyder wanted to do this it didn't take away from it as to why he did it i don't know i actually at this point i don't care the storytelling the character development the action the visuals it was all awesome so as you're looking at this you do not care or forget that it's in four three aspect ratio and they tell you at the beginning that this is the way Zack snyder wanted to do it so it will be in four three ratio will he do it in in 16.9 who knows i don't care what i care is that i got the best dc film ever made in any generation you can't like i love richard donner's version i love supergirl i no, this right here and it and there has been some good dc films wonder woman some people think shazam was good it was okay um what else wonder woman 2 was okay i suicide squad wasn't the best but there were some aquaman was really good i like that none of them none of them is topping this this is a set standard for the DC universe. This totally gave him legs to stand on. This saved, literally saved the DC universe. Zack Snyder deserves a lot of credit. His wife deserves a lot of credit. Everybody involved deserves a lot of credit. The cast deserves a lot of credit for coming back on to do this, to give it what we, what it deserved and what we deserve to see. This let this be the start of something really great, man. I tell you, it's just absolutely awesome. So go anyway, check it out. It's awesome. And guess what? 
this is just not the only movie that we're going to see because next month is going to be Mortal Kombat. And at the end of this month is going to be Godzilla versus uh, Kong or Kong versus uh, Godzilla. I'm looking forward to all of that. Matrix is coming out later on this summer. Like DC is going to be. I gotta want, I'd say too, DC. Um, it's not DC. HBO Max is going to be changing their Tierra system too for those who don't want to see the movies. But go out of your way to see all the movies. It's worth it. You don't have to go outside. You don't have to go out into COVID. You know, if you're not vaccine or anything, you can enjoy it. You can order out. You do all types of things. Go out of your way to see this movie. It is so freaking worth it. And all the movies that they had so far, even Tom and Jerry was really good. So, um, yeah, go out of your way to check it out, folks. That will do it for the comeback edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very much. Like I said, this is going to be a crazy few months um, with myself and Repop and then some of the guests that will be on this show. So I got a lot of work to do. Trust me. But thank you all for listening to this. Thank you all for staying and supporting this. I feel, God, it feels like so long ago since I actually did a show because it's just been a week. I only do two shows, but it feels like forever because I didn't do a select start show. I didn't do a talk time live last week because I got a new computer. I had to put the other one to rest. And, you know, just I feels it feels great to be back. Feels great to be back. And then it's going to be even more great. It's going to feel better, I should say to be able to do these new panels for repop and stuff like that so people stick to it i'll let you know everything as time goes by but for now if you want to learn what's coming up next don't want to miss a beat check out talktimelive.com this episode all of our episodes and exclusive interviews will be easy to find there if you don't want to miss a beat subscribe and download to many of our podcast platforms including including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, and uh, what else? Pandora and Pocket Cast as well, amongst others. So those are the ones I know that I've applied for and it's in there. So uh, I, I do believe there are other ones. So everybody from the United States to around the world, everywhere, thank you so much for listening to this show again. And let's keep it going and keep it growing always. So that'll do it for me on behalf of myself. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.